Hi there. Welcome to the Stockholmer podcast with Maddie Savage, getting under the skin of the Swedish capital's food, tech and creative scenes. The Stockholmer. There is no better feeling when you're doing what you want to do and this audience just go, yeah, and they just start rocking up and down. It's it's beautiful. Al Pitcher is one of Sweden's most successful stand-up comedians, even though all his shows are in English. In this episode, we discuss Swedish coffee breaks, Justin Bieber, and why he'll never regret quitting his day job. The Stockholmer! So, we're at the top of Kulturhuset, one of Stockholm's cultural icons. It's seven floors, a big, huge glass building. And Al, we are having a fika, a very Swedish tradition. A lot of our listeners live here, but those who don't tell us, what is a fika? Um, I think fika is, it's everything, but I notice our fika is coffee, chewing gum, and a bit of water. So we're kind of, we're breaking all the rules. Basically, it's normally coffee, it's normally a biscuit, and it's normally when a decision's made. It's quite a hard thing to explain, really, fika, because it is so Swedish. Because, like, in England, it's like having a pint, or, but they don't do that. Like there's no liquid lunches here, they're um, they're just drinking coffee. So we're truly integrated, even though I've got a water and not a coffee, and you've got some gum just in case. You said, oh, you can smell it on my breath, yeah. and it's not a smellathon <laughs> podcast. We haven't invented that yet. Um, so you live here in Sweden. You're basically making a living here in Sweden for kind of poking fun of the Swedes a little bit. Yeah, I. I used to fear that whole comedy, that style of comedy, you know, where, where someone's talking and, and you're in the audience and you go, oh, that is so true, so true. But I I now, that's what I do. You know, I, I put up this mirror to the Swedes. I've done, I've done like three tours and I'm always thinking, is it going to dry up? But you see stuff every day that you're like, all right, that's normal here. But for us, it's very strange. Let's take a couple of steps back then. So just to summarise your big story, you've been in Sweden about six, seven years now. Yeah. And you were born in the UK, then went back to New Zealand, where your parents are from, then went back to the UK to have your comedy career, met a Swedish wife, and she persuaded you to come back to Sweden. Have I missed anything out there? Wow, that is some research. Um, Yeah, and you got it right, exactly. Some people get really annoyed when they find out I'm British. They think I'm, like, from the land of hobbits, you see. So I've had seen on social media people arguing, going, well, he's British. And they're like, no, he's not. He's New Zealand. So that's very good that you, you know all this. I, for me, it's been like a second life in a sense where I started in England, did well, to the point where I was doing a few TV shows, doing a, 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 a tour, but not, not, not big. And then I came here and it was like restarting again. You know, I know that Swedes are big on startup and stuff, but for me, it was genuinely like, like another, like, oh, here you go, have a second chance. And, you know, um, I, I once said this in an interview. I don't know if I'm going to regret this, but I felt like I was a band. I felt I'd done a good album and then I couldn't come up with anything else. And then I moved here and then I stripped it all back down and we started all over again, you know? Um, and I started to love like doing comedy again. So you mentioned that you were, uh, you've become a bit disillusioned with the comedy scene, but tell us how you got there in the first place. I mean, at some point you must have had a regular job and then yep. you decided to quit that, which, you know, is pretty brave. 
I was working at Ticketmaster. I started doing stand-up, and a, another stand-up had told me, what you do is you wait until you're earning as much from stand-up as you are in your normal job. And that normal job, Ticketmaster, is a ticket sales website. Yeah, like uh, group kind of, I was taking group bookings. I wasn't very good, to be honest. I apologise to all those groups that never got to see Les Mis. Um, so I went, to, I went from London to Plymouth, which is like seven hours on a train. I came back on the night train. I didn't have enough money to buy a bed, like sleeper train. So I, I, I sat and I got back and I was like, it was just one of those moments where I went into Ticketmaster and the boss just put a pile of papers down and I just said to him, I've had like one hour sleep. And this is my last week. I was like, and you were quitting at a time when you couldn't even afford a, 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 yeah. a bed on. I, I think I went to the gig in Plymouth and paid. I paid more for the travel and everything than I did for getting paid the gig. You know, so then I just went out every night and tried to be a stand-up in a, in a kind of, you know, in a Hollywood kind of movie, Rocky Balboa kind of way. You know, like, come on, you can do this. This is. I was really going to test myself and. Um, and my wife-to-be, she wasn't earning a lot of money, but we thought, you know what, if we count the pennies here, we can do this. And then I started on the circuit, but it was me that would come to Sweden for like Christmas and, and holidays, and I'd go, we should move here, this is fantastic, this feels great. We didn't have any kids, and, and it just felt like... I, I, there was something quite romantic about it when I first came here. It's kind of worn off a little bit, but when the snow fell, and then I'd have like this big jacket on, I'd have my headphones on, and it'd be like, this is my world. I'm, I'm in, you know, and you'd sort of hear your feet crunching on the white snow. But now it seems <laughs> like just darkness and oh, I've got to go out. But um, I came here and I was like, this is, this is brilliant. I, I love this. And then started doing my like, open mic, you know, so I started again. That was brilliant. But there's a lot of challenges along the way. I mean, you must have done some gigs where they, they didn't go so well or the rooms weren't as big and there's the financial risk that you've talked about. There's also the risk of humiliation. Yeah, I mean, this was over, you know, three attempted bank robberies. No, I, I, I financially it was tough. But how much money do you need in life? That's, I generally don't know if it makes, you know, makes you any happier. Um... No, I, um, one of my best mates is Russell Howard, who's a very famous comedian in Britain, and his rise was pretty quick, but we were both going up together, and then you see a mate go, whoosh, and you're like, all right, what, am I doing this right? Is this... But How does that feel? I mean, he's big. He came to Sweden. He's travelled all around the world. Yeah. He's, had, uh, he's on the BBC, so people yeah. watching internationally, that you know, they may well have seen him. And, and that's your mate that you were counting the pennies with. Do you know what? I find comedy, he just gets, you just get to play in front of more people and more people know you. And I think the pressure rises. But I, fame-wise... You know, it's selfies all the time when I'm with him, if I'm, we're eating, you know. Um, it's just funny when you see, when you see a mate, you know, it's like I'm really great mates with John Oliver. But, you know, and I'm like, wow, he's like, you know, I'm seeing him on the front cover of Rolling Stone. And, and this, is a, this is one of my best mates. And I'm like, how, comedy's weird like that. You know, all of a sudden you're just massive. So are you saying you don't want to be as big as those guys? Is this a bit of 
Swedish Nargon, that concept of Do you know you know, what? just I enough, just about right? I still can't believe that it's gone as well as this. Not this podcast, but um, for me and you. But I... You're saying my podcast no, is bad. No, it's great. I I'm quite just, like this podcast. No, I'm just saying. I've been heckled by a child and um, we had to move tables because the kid was rattling. But no, I think for me it was... It still blows me away. Like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Sweden and I'm doing comedy in my own language. It blows my mind. So what is the plan now? You say there's still things that are making you laugh about Sweden, that you're learning, that you're, you're going to put into your material. But yeah. I mean... Do you see yourself as a comedian long term? Are you, are you afraid that the jokes are going to run out? Do you, do you lie awake worrying about that? Not until now, no. Um, I rent an office and I treat it as a job now. Whereas I was a little bit like just writing little notes down. But now I go, you know, I drop the kids off and then I, I write from like, I try and write. And some days I just sit there and nothing happens. Like complete writer's block. But I still think there's enough jokes there. But you've, what you've got to do is you've got to live life. So you've got to observe. That's why I think it must be weird when you become massive, massive, and you can't leave your house, like Justin Bieber or something. How can you talk about, you know, and they sing like, I ain't got no money, you know, and all that crap. And you're like, you, you have Justin, you know. So it, it's about giving your side. And, and, I, I, and my next tour will still be about looking at Swedes. You put the chewing gum in, by the way. Listeners should know. I can smell it. It's blackcurrant. Yeah, it's kind of... It's called Superberries, actually. Oh, we shouldn't really advertise any brands. This is an impartial podcast. No, but that wasn't the brand. That was the flavour. <laughs> OK, well, before we let you go off on your travels, um, yeah. what was what is your one tip, then, for somebody that, that kind of thinks they're funny and, and is looking up to you and would fancy doing a little bit of what you do? It's a weird arena, you know? Because... I think you've got to believe you can do it. Because your friends might go, oh, you should try this, get up there. And it could scar you for a long time. Um, but you're not, you're not a doctor. You're not fixing someone's heart. And if you push the wrong valve, you, they die. You're just trying to make people laugh. And remember the pressure, I think, right. I think give yourself a deadline. Say, I'm going to book a gig, six months, and I'm going to do it. After about 10 gigs, you think, all right, where's my chat show? You know, like seriously, where, where, where are the movie people? There must be. And it doesn't happen, you know. Um, and your, your social life really changes. Like Friday and Saturdays, I think my wife and I have had like one or two, seriously, in like eight years. But there is no better feeling when you're doing what you want to do and you're on stage and you say something that you've thought of and this audience just go, yeah, and they just start rocking up and down. It's, it's beautiful. You've been listening to The Stockholmer, an independent production by Maddie Savage. Support for this episode came from Craft Academy. Thanks to Benoit Daria for production assistance, Simeon Ghost for permission to use their music, and Richard Stevens for designing our logo. 